Rock Church, as we endeavor to be socially responsible and spiritually engaged, it is important that we remember who God is to us today. Psalm 46 reminds us that God is our present help and giver of life. As you listen to this message Pastor Jared initially shared back in 2015, we desire that you would find your hope, peace, and faith buckets filled up. We firmly believe that this message is timely for us as a church, and while you listen, we ask that you would take into account that we are experiencing a pandemic and not persecution. But regardless of the times that we are in, remember that God is our source and he gives us the faith to overcome. So be filled today. Why don't you turn with me to Psalm 46, verses 1 through 7. And I will go ahead and read that. And then uh, we'll give the rest of our time to the Lord. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 7. And we don't have a slide this morning, but it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be moved and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the substance of that word. And I pray right now, Lord God, that you would help us to consume the truth that lies within. I pray, Father, that our minds would be focused, our hearts would be open, and that our ears would be quick to hear, Lord God, that which you are desiring to speak. We thank you for the many ways in which you've already ministered, Lord God, this morning. And we pray that through your word, Lord, you would continue to do so. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, this morning we're going to change course in order to take a look at the first seven verses of Psalm 46. We had initially planned on this being the launch of a new sermon series But as the week marched on, we just, as a staff, kind of decided to delay that slightly. And the Lord began to gravitate my heart towards this psalm. And I just believe and hope that within this psalm, you're going to find some things that will resonate within your heart and that will apply to your life because it is so rich in truth. And there is so much being said here that you literally could make a sermon series out of just these seven verses. So let's get started as we look at Psalm 46. And I'd like to start with kind of a unique illustration that I found, and it comes from the art world. It says, A distinguished painter was conducting a class for aspiring artists. He was speaking on the subject of artistic composition. He emphasized that it was wrong, for example, to portray a a woodland, a forest, or a wilderness 
without painting into it a path out of the trees. When a true artist draws any kind of picture, say a landscape, he always gives his picture an out. Otherwise, the tangle of trees and the trackless spaces depress and dismay the onlooker. And in some way, this is precisely what the Lord was doing for us when he inspired the writing of Psalm 46. He brought it to us to encourage us as his children and to provide for us a way out through trials so that we would not look at the circumstances that are in front of us and lose hope. Much like the artist puts brush to canvas and creates a beautiful landscape, but yet shows a path through the tangled web of the trees or the woodlands or whatever composition they are making, the Lord has done the same for us. And because of that, Psalm 46 has been called a psalm that sustains us. It has been referred to as a place to turn when trouble comes. And the content of this psalm reminds us that faith in Christ is an overcoming faith and that our God is sufficient in seeing us through the toughest of times. Many who have gone before us have found great comfort from this psalm and they've been inspired by the words that have been written. In fact, church historians tell us that this psalm over the years has been called Luther's psalm because it was his inspiration for the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And through the adversity of the Reformation, Luther oftentimes went to Psalm 46 when things were getting challenging and difficult. And if he happened to be amongst a crowd at that time, he would call them to sing the words of this psalm. So as we look at this psalm today, we too can find great comfort and inspiration from it because it reminds us that God is. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Verse 1. Let's begin by focusing on this promise of God being our present help. We should find great hope in this today that regardless of the circumstance we go through, no matter the enormity of the trial that is before us, God is our present help. He's, he's not just our past help or just a help that we can long for in the future, but he is a present help. He's here. He's now. He's God with us because he is present in this reality, walking through the trials that we go through with us. His help is not lacking, and his help is not being withheld. Find hope within that today, church. Sometimes as our trials and our circumstances are so close to us, we cannot see beyond them, but God can. Because he is our present help. This term, present help, refers to a help that has been found to be reliable. It's a proven help. It's a help that creates a confidence that overcomes the fear of future calamity. Take that in, church. Let your heart begin to receive it. Let your heart begin to marinate. All right, You marinated some things for your cookout yesterday, right? Perhaps, but let your heart marinate 
on the truth that we find here in God's Word, that this present help that He gives us is a reliable help. It is something that can be counted on. It's proven. In other words, when we see that which is going on in front of us and we don't see the precise way through, we can look back and see how God has gotten us through in the past and we can know with confidence that the help that we receive now is reliable. And hope and confidence well up within us because God is with us, but He is also the same. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, we can rely on it. We can rely on it. You know, I want you to remember for just a second a story from the Old Testament. And it's the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember the story? King Nebuchadnezzar creates a golden image. And the decree goes out throughout the kingdom that all are to bow before this image when he assembles the people. And as the instruments began to play, the people were supposed to bow. And these three Hebrew children did not bow but they remained standing. This created great controversy. There was upheaval. Some people brought this to King Nebuchadnezzar's attention, and he called the three Hebrew children before them. And he said, I'm going to give you one more chance. As the music plays, you bow before the golden image that I have created. The reply of the three Hebrew children is significant. And it gives us an indication that they understood that God was going to be their present help even in the midst of disobeying a king. Daniel chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 remind us that their reply was, if that be the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us also from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. You see, the three Hebrew children stood because they knew that the Lord stood with them. They knew from past experience that God was with them and would see them through. And they knew that as they disobeyed this king and stood, not only in direct disobedience to his decree, but literally stood out from among the crowd, that God would be with them as their present help. And as they weighed and considered this reality, they knew that one of two things was going to happen. They would either be delivered from the hand of the king and perish in the fire, or they would be delivered from the hand of the king and also delivered from the fire. And each one of those options in their mind reinforced the reality that God was going to be their present help, even in the face of death. It's a significant story that we oftentimes only hear in our Sunday school classes. Adults, there are some things in these words for you too. There are things for us to consider and to ponder even 
if we've walked with the Lord for a while, there will be times where your faith will be tested. There will be times where your faith will be called out and it will not be convenient. And God is your present help in those times. He will either deliver us from the circumstance or he will deliver us from the consequence. But regardless, God reveals himself in it all. He reveals himself in it all. But there are also some other applications that we can draw from this. Because in this reality of God being our present help, we know that we also will go through times in life that are filled with fiery trials. And there are images that will demand us to bow down to them. Take this from the story of the three Hebrew children. Because you may not be called to a fire, but you are every day being called to bow down. You are being called to bow down to things that the Lord has not called you to bow your life to. And in those times, God is our present help, and we too must have that resolve within our heart to stand, regardless And when we embrace that call, God's present help reveals him to be our refuge and our strength. Our refuge is a shelter. It's a place of protection. But the word takes it farther than merely a place of protection. But it is also a place of rest where we find hope and trust. You see, the shelter of the Lord, uh, the refuge of the Lord is, is not just like the tent that we run to when the rains begin to fall on our camping excursion. But the refuge of the Lord is a familiar place to us. And yes, it does shelter us, but when we enter into that shelter, hope rises within us because God is there. His presence is there. And as we re-engage with his presence, our trust rises. Because we're reminded that our God is greater than he who is in the world. (laughs) We're reminded that our God is the one who gives us the strength to stand. We come into his presence and we are reminded of the times where he has shown himself faithful in our lives and our hope and our trust begin to rise as we find shelter in his refuge. And we can stand. Even if he should call us to the fire, we can stand. Even if the king, even if the president, even if the Supreme Court says this is what we call you to submit your life to, we can stand. Because God stands with us. And the strength that we find in his refuge is a strength that delivers. It's a strength that refers to power 
and to might, but also to boldness. Because you see, those three Hebrew children could have wilted in the presence of King Nebuchadnezzar. But no, they were bold. They stood for what was righteous. They knew what the Lord would have them to do. And because God was their present help, they did not wilt under the persecution. But they gained strength. This is a phenomenal thing. You see, God's people are the only people that gain strength in the midst of persecution. Because every other thing is lacking in its ability to anchor us and to give us the strength that we need. But the Lord is not defined and the Lord is not hindered by the things that we experience in this earth. And because of that, his strength overcomes. It supersedes. And we can stand in it with boldness. It's not an arrogant boldness. You notice from that story in Daniel, they were not arrogant towards the king. They were not disrespectful towards the king. But yet their words were just simply the truth that God had called them to live their life by. And, O king, you do what you must but we know that our God is able to either to deliver us from the fire, but if he chooses not to do that, he's going to deliver us from you no matter what, and we will be with him. It's a strength that gives us boldness. See, when troubles come, our strength can be drained from us. But when we find refuge in the Lord, that strength from him is renewed within us. And you know, sometimes we just have to become empty so that we can be filled with him. I think that's part of the reason why this psalm just captured my heart this week. I got to tell you, I felt drained. There's a lot going on coming off of 1013 this week. And you know, as I spent time before the Lord, I just kept saying the words before him, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I'm going to be saying that tomorrow. (laughs) You know, as I lead my grandfather's coffin down the center aisle, Lord, I need you. Show yourself strong through me. Show yourself strong through me so that all who see will know that you are our present help. You are our refuge. You are our strength. And your refuge and your strength is greater than any other option that we have. So God is our help. Our present help. He's our strength. He is our refuge. And this psalm reminds us that our God is a God who sustains us through it all. We see in verse 5 that God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. See, we can face these things because God is. God is in the midst of her. What is God in the midst of? God is in the midst of a river that makes glad the city of God. We see a greater articulation of this river in Ezekiel chapter 47, verses one 
through 12. But it's a river that flows from the tabernacle, and wherever it goes, it brings life. And it brings life because it is unlike any other river. It brings life because God is in the midst of it. It flows from a different source. Its headwaters are in no natural place, but it finds its beginning in the place where God dwells. And because of it, God is in the midst of it, and wherever it flows, it brings life. God is in the midst of her. And this reminds us that God is the giver of life. We see throughout the scripture God giving life, beginning in Genesis, taking the dust of the earth and simply breathing upon it. And then there was man, and God said it was good. Life. Where does this river flow? It flows where God is. Because he's in the midst of it. How do, we, how do we partake of this river? We invite God to be where we are. And there's an interesting pattern throughout the Old and the New Testament that reveals to us that God longs to be in the midst. God wants to be in the center. Not just in this river of God that is being showed to us in Psalm 46, but in many, many other ways. You see, God placed the tree of life in the midst of the garden. He appeared to Moses in the midst of a burning bush. He overthrew Pharaoh in the midst of the sea. He was the fourth man in the midst of the fiery furnace. And when we know that when two or three gather in his name, he is in their midst. And where he is, there is a life-giving river. So church, how do we experience, how do we know, how do we live out the reality of this psalm? We make God the center. We invite him to be in our midst. We make him the purpose, the reason why. The reason why. You know, we gather for a lot of different reasons on Sunday morning. And they're good. We gather to see one another. We gather to fellowship. We gather to receive instruction. We gather to worship. But the main reason why we gather is to be with him and to have him at the center so that he might be in our midst, so that he might show himself the life giver every time that we gather. And you know what? That is to take place beyond the context of Sunday morning. I think that was one of the unique things about Project 1013 this year. I just heard, I mean, it's almost every person that I talked to that said, there is something different about the atmosphere in this neighborhood. Our people were noticing it. Prayer teams from other churches were noticing it. Residents were noticing it. People who didn't know the Lord were noticing it. 
And it was because God was invited into the midst of that neighborhood to be in the midst, to be in the center. And he brought the life. He brought the change. So you see, it's not just for us on a Sunday morning, but it's for us wherever we go. Invite him to be in the middle of it. In the middle of your conversations. In the middle of your work. In the middle of your tasks. Let God be in the midst. Because he's the giver of life. And where he is, there is a promise at the end of verse 5 that is a reality for us. And it is this. God shall help her. (laughs) He is in the midst of her, being the river of God, and God will help her. Don't try to do it on your own. Have you done that before? God God will not come to your aid if you're doing it in your own wisdom or in your own strength. But let him be in the midst of it. Let him bring the life that only he can give. And here's his promise. He will help. He will help. And that's why we can, we can call out to God in the midst of trials and not only know that he hears, but know that he helps. Verse 7 gives us the final God is. And the terminology changes a little bit because psalmist writes, the Lord of hosts is, in referring to God. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. Wow. What a powerful thing. It reminds me of the story in the Old Testament where the armies had gathered and the prophet was with his servant, and the servant became concerned. Do you see what has come against us? The scope of it, the magnitude of it, the number. And the Lord just prays for his eyes to be open, and he saw that there was more who were for them than against them. You see, that's how the Lord of hosts changes the equation. Because his resources are not merely natural, but they are supernatural, and there are things going on that we cannot see that give us the great hope and confidence that the Lord of hosts is with us. He hears us when we cry out to him. He knows the pain and the difficulty of our trials. And he gives us these great promises that his help is ever present, that he is our strength and our refuge, that he is in the midst of us. So what is our response to be? How do we receive what the Lord is longing to give? I think there's a very familiar verse from the New Testament that helps us answer that question. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. 
Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord of hosts, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. There's a great Old Testament and New Testament parallel here, a connection that helps us. It reminds us that that God is with us, that God is available, that he hears us when we cry. And when he hears us, he cares for us. He will help you with the cares of this life. The promise comes with the call to be humble, to submit ourselves to him, to take a posture of dependency, to recognize that without him we are nothing, But with him, all things are present and available. So we're going to close. And I just want our hearts to stir with these things this morning. God is our strength and our refuge, our ever-present help in time of need. I love the fact that there's no limitation to that promise. But it's a promise that is available whenever we need it. So let's humble ourselves today. Now I would ask us the question, who is God to you today? Is he your strength Is he your refuge? Is he your present help? Is he in the midst of you? Are you looking for the help that only he can give? Where where do you find your heart this morning, Rock Church? The Lord is just reminding us of who he is and where our hearts need to be. Would you stand with me as we we close in prayer? But who is God to you? Have you bought into the notion that I got this, I can handle it, it's not that big? Have you forgotten how great our God is? And today this psalm reminds us. And you need to say, Lord, (laughs) Lord, I give myself to you again today. I'm going to close in a little different way than I was planning, but if there's just some form of application today that the Lord's stirring in your heart, I, I just want to invite us to come and to submit ourselves to him again today by coming forward to the altar as Pastor Marty plays. Just come now. Don't wait for anybody. You're just declaring a dependency on the Lord. You need him to be your strength. You need to find refuge in him. You need to know his present help. You're inviting him to be in the midst of your life, in the midst of 
trial and circumstance. You're being stirred by that promise this morning that that God is not only with us, but He will help us. Just come. Just come. Wherever your need is today, just come. The Lord, the Lord knows our need. He knows our need. And He's here today to meet us at our point of need. If you want to come and join someone for prayer today, just come. You see someone up here and maybe you've been in a small group with them or Sunday school class, just join them. Just come and Offer encouragement and support through prayer. Come on, body. This is body lifetime. Let's respond to some of the needs of our brothers and sisters. Doesn't matter how young or how old you are. Yeah. Let's just begin to pray. Just lead us in that, Pastor Marty. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to And I need Thee, oh, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to We do that right now, Lord. We come to you. And it's with it's with hungry hearts. It's with hearts that are burdened. It's with cares, Lord God, and concerns that we come to you today. And we thank you that you hear, and we thank you that you are our strength, you are our refuge, you are our hope, you are the one who is with us through all things. And Father, it's with surrender that we come to you right now, Lord. Praying for the strength that only you supply. Praying for the direction that only you can give. Praying for the deliverance, Lord, that overcomes. Praying, Lord God, for a a turnaround in the midst of trying circumstance. So Lord, we come to you today in need of you. And we ask for your touch. We ask for your filling. We ask, Lord God, for the power of your Spirit to be manifest in us and through us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of our victory. And we thank you, Father, that you hear us when we cry. So, Lord, I pray that that as some leave this altar this morning, it would be with a sense of relief. It would be with a sense of anticipation. It would be with a sense of direction and overcoming. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Encourage one another, church. As you leave today, go in his grace and go in his peace. But stand with one another. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. Our hope is that this has been a blessing in your life. Until such a time as we are able to gather again as a physical church, we pray that you will discover life in Christ. God bless you.